Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Ned McPherson. He's the founder and head of growth at Endrock Growth and Analytics. Ned, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. So, Ned, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I uh, kind of got my career started. I have a background in statistics and, and got my career started uh, working with direct-to-consumer brands uh, like e-commerce brands, this and that, helping them get their analytics stacks in order. Um, I just came across a ton of brands that, uh, you know, typical Google Analytics setup. Some of them were more advanced than that, but I couldn't find one that had their analytics stack, so to speak, properly uh, set up. Just mm-hmm. um, data hygiene was really poor. A lot of type one, type two errors, just like really classic mistakes when it comes to data analysis. And that was mm-hmm. the companies that actually were analyzing their data. The vast majority of them, frankly, um, just weren't really looking at it. So I kind of had this whole passion about getting them involved in their data, making empirical uh, or decisions based on empirical rationality, trying to determine like what's the metric that matters. And, you know, that kind of became my thing. And so from there that blossomed into identifying patterns within their data on underperformance. So you might be like, you know, uh, hey, we found with one client that uh, female iOS users, you know, mobile users were super under indexed on the add to cart rates. It was like, oh, that's an interesting data point. Why is that happening? And so then we started to suggest ideas and then I started to get into experimentation basically from that. Mm -hmm. And so kind of the evolution from statistics into ideation into experimentation. And that's now frankly what my, my company does at scale. Yeah, I was gonna say, so that brought you to NRAC. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about NRAC. Yeah, sure. So I founded it about six and a half years ago, um, doing just that. It was I was just a sole operator at that point. Um, once I started getting to the experimentations and started running tests on brands, I had a few that had some really big wins. And so um, word got out, I, I guess, and I started to get all these kind of organic inquiries of people being like, hey, kind of heard about what you did for this brand over there. Yeah. We have a similar e-commerce site. Could you do something like that for us? Yeah. Um, and after about two years of trying to be like this, you know, for hire kind of lead, you know, basically mm-hmm. head of experimentation and head of analytics, yeah. I decided to, to scale and, and turn it into a real agency. So as of now, the agency itself is about four years old, a little under four years old. Yeah. Um, and currently, as of today, we have uh, 63 people on the team across seven offices. So we've scaled quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we've run over 7,000 experiments now on e-commerce sites. So we have seen a lot and experimented with a lot. Wow. Wow. So you gave the example about the female, um, you know, the female iOS user with that has like a lower add to cart rate. Give me some more examples of, you know, the different analytics that Endrock's able to kind of run through for companies. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, obviously the North Star metric for every e-commerce site is, is going to be revenue growth, right? Obviously, but it's like the, the, the metrics that support revenue growth, the big ones are, of course, conversion rate. We talk a lot about that. It's average order value. It's repeat rate, viral coefficient, you know, some of these supporting metrics. Um, so the big ones just to talk on right now, because viral co- coefficient gets a little technical and repeat rate takes a little while to, to talk through. But looking at conversion rates, um, most brands, as an example, will just take a look at the blunt metric, right? Which is a basic numerator denominator equation. It's just sessions into your website, sessions out with the transaction. If you have a conversion rate of, say, 2.7, it's like, well, first off, is that good? Is it not good? It's highly dependent on what your average order value is, on what industry you're in, et cetera, um, what stage the company's at, the type of traffic that you're driving. But generally speaking, let's assume that it's underperforming. The next question is, well, if you just know that it's 2.7%, how do you change it? And the answer is you don't really know. So what you have to do is actually peel that back and get into what are called intrafunnel conversion rates, right? And so this is where you start to break the site down to understand, okay, 
how is the homepage doing at its only job, which is to drive somebody from a landing experience into a shopping experience, right? How are the product pages doing in aggregate at their only job, which is fostering an add to cart, the cart shuttling somebody into checkout, checkout getting somebody to transact. So when you start to break the site down into these smaller chunks, then you start to identify like, hey, our homepage rate's doing great. Our add to cart rate's actually not bad, but man, we really struggle with driving people who've added to cart into checkout. Why is that? And you've honed your focus down. So it's it's less about like big fancy metrics and more of getting into the granular that supports some of the uh, the larger metrics. Again, like intrafrontal behavior or average order values. You break that one down. A lot of times people just look at AOV as this, this, this all-encompassing metric. It's like, well, break that down between new and returning customers. So now let's look at maybe returning customers and let's chunk that down or create some cohort analyses around first time repeating secondary tertiary purchases and look at those AOV patterns. Mm -hmm. And then we might find something really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe people who buy for a second time of a way higher AOV than the first time. It's like, okay, why is that? What's mm -hmm. going on? What can we run experimentation around mm -hmm. in order to, to get a higher, in that case, you know, first purchase or a second purchase AOV. Yeah. So that's, obviously very important metrics to take a look at to be able to, you know, uh, provide advice and kind of like growth, like you said, taking a look at those analytics. Talk to me a little bit about how, you know, NROC Growth and Analytics is able to stand out from its competition, you know, in, in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a gazillion, you know, paid media agencies and just general digital marketing agencies or SEO agencies or email or what have you. And frankly, there's a lot of even CRO agencies, conversion rate optimization. I think what makes us different is we're really a true, in the true sense of the word, growth agency, which means we look at full funnel and full consumer life cycle. Mm. Um, as an example, a story I like to share is we had uh, one client where we were trying to optimize for repeat rate, right? And we were looking at the trends over time. You know, we, it was doing okay, but it could have done a lot better. And so mm. we broke out a cohort that had a super high repeat rate. And we started calling some of those customers. And what we found is almost all of them had mentioned that they had a really good customer service experience. So when we asked them, we were like, okay, was that like, what do you mean? They said, oh, well, I called in. Turns out, long story short, what these customers were doing is after they bought their first, it was a fashion brand, they literally were calling the company, it was a bit of an older customer, and asking for advice on the second purchase. Like, hey, I bought this product. Do you have any recommendation? And this and that. So we were like, oh, that's really interesting. So we ran a test using automations to like foster this type of engagement. Yeah. And that bumped the rate way up. So that's like, that's oh, not wow. CRO. That's, that's yeah. a totally different type of growth experimentation. But to give you an idea, of course, we do a lot of conversion optimization, AOB. V optimization, but we look full funnel. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. And then the other big difference I'd say between us is the other groups that I've interacted with who get into experimentation, they usually come to the table with a lot of good ideas and that's mm -hmm. fine, but good ideas are only going to take you so far. You've mm -hmm. really got to dig into the actual client's data and know and understand how to get into mm -hmm. the intricacies there mm -hmm. to determine what really should you be working on. Because yeah. a lot of those brands, they would do okay. I saw, or you know, I'd, I'd look at their reports after because we acquired a number of clients who did work with other groups and then they came to us. And it's like, okay, that was an interesting idea. But they never really had like an empirical hypothesis behind it in the first place. It was more of, hey, this cool brand over here is doing it, so we mm -hmm. should try it. And like, that's mm -hmm. okay some of the yeah. time. Use that as your hypothesis. But you don't get a lot of value empirically there. Yeah. And then once they ran out of their kind of database of good ideas, they were just, you could tell they were just shooting at the hip at that point. Like, yeah. well, let's try this image versus that. And it's like, well again, is there any data to support this idea? And so that's what I found from my client's feedback is kind of the two biggest differentiators between us and, and some other groups. Is that really that data-based 
focus. Yeah. 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 The empirical focus again, because everything yeah. is hyper hypermetric. And and yeah. like we'll talk with clients. A lot of times they'll, you know, the, the CEO of the company or the head of market, whatever, will come on on our clients and be like, well, I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And always, you know, if I'm on the call respectfully, I'd be like, okay, love the idea. Like, where's do you have any data to back that yeah. up? Have you seen anything? And then respectfully try to just channel them in that direction to be like, if the data supports that decision, let's do it. But if it doesn't, let's reconsider why we're doing this. Yeah. So when you're talking about those different customers, is there, do you see trends in the specific size customer that tends to work with NROG growth and analytics a little better? Yeah. So, so our, our kind of like bullseye client is basically an e-commerce brand. I know this is a wide range, but doing between, you know, two and a hundred plus million. That's our, our, our clients, our main growth clients are doing between mm-hmm. that. Our biggest does like 125 million a year on their website, mm-hmm. something like that. And we've got a lot that are between like the two and 20 million mark. Um, reason being is to run experimentation. Of course, you need statistical significance on experiments for them to even be meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start getting into brands that are doing much smaller numbers, you are, again, you know, I don't want to use the word guessing, but you don't have definitive statistical comp- or, uh, mm-hmm. significance. You don't have really strong confidence intervals. So you're kind of putting your best foot forward and using di- we call it directional data mm-hmm. to make decisions, which is better than doing nothing, I'll be honest, but it's not great. That being said, we got so much demand over the years for really early stage companies that we actually mm-hmm. created a, a second division, so to speak, to the company called Growth Template, which is mm-hmm. designed for early stage brands where it's like, look, if I were to ever go start my own e-commerce brand, having run 7,000 experiments or overseen that, my team, what would I do? How would mm-hmm. I set up a stack? What like what are the anatomical structures mm-hmm. of the pages? How would I set it up? That's mm-hmm. Growth Template, right? Mm-hmm. To give these clients their absolute best foot forward. So frankly, they can go out and determine if they have product market fit as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. When did you find that you were on, like you knew you were on the path to success with growth and analytics, with NROC growth and analytics? Um, You know, it's funny. There's a, I think like the best metaphor I ever heard on product market fit, I I can't remember, apologies where I got it from, was someone described it that um, when you have product market fit, it feels like you're chasing a boulder down a mountain trying to catch it. And when you don't have it, it feels like you're pushing a boulder up a mountain. And I thought that was a brilliant metaphor and so accurate. And so to answer your question with that, when I knew we had it was, I was having so much trouble keeping up with the client demands and daily messages. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for that analysis yesterday. I want to bring my rest of my team in. Can you do another one for us today? Hey, love the ideas yesterday. Um, if we pay you more, can you 5X the number of ideas? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just wow. like you're getting pulled in every direction. That's a sign that you've got product market fit. Now you have a scalability problem, which is no, by no means easy to solve. But frankly, it's a better problem to have than I can't get anyone to buy what we're trying to sell. So yeah, yeah. yeah. we had I had that pretty early on. I mean, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty quickly. What would you say the biggest misconception about this space would be then? Uh, the space meaning my specific space and what I'm like doing? Whether, or just digital? whether NROC or kind of, you know, like the digital portion that you were talking about, like what, what yeah. would you say the biggest misconception is? Gosh. Um, I mean, let me answer that really high level. Like there, there is a, an interesting dynamic between clients and agencies. Um, clients seem to be perpetually disappointed with agencies I've seen by saying, oh, they're either not doing enough or the results aren't good enough. And the classic example, of this is like a paid social media agency. I've seen a lot, I've, I don't know, probably worked with three dozen paid media agencies that, that work alongside some of my clients. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, they've done some great work, great analysis, great attempts, but the results mm-hmm. weren't there and the client was unhappy and like mm-hmm. they were no good. And it's like, 
the biggest misconception is, is oftentimes the brands don't quite understand the intricacies that go into like trying to leverage an audience to buy your product. And it's not for a lack of trying. It's not for a lack of effort. It's not for mm-hmm. a lack of intelligence or, or good ideas. Sometimes it's like, you know, if brands don't have really good product market fit yet, it's like square peg in a round hole and you could yeah. have the best media agency in the planet and you're still going to struggle on your return on ad spend. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with us. We've run some tests before on brands that struggle a bit and they're like, well, I thought we would have grown two, three X by now, six months later. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we're running eight, nine, 10, 11 experiments a month. Mm-hmm. We've gotten wins, but again, like I can't, you know, you can't force the customer to buy and they right. usually won't budge. So it's, there's usually a disconnect there between expectations of agencies where they just oftentimes clients think that it's going to be this path to, to, to huge growth. Mm-hmm. And then agencies get frustrated because clients sometimes have those expectations and that's not always the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, always a mismatch there. You know, mm-hmm. I found that there's oh, not always, but almost always yeah. a bit of a mismatch. Yeah. So having those clear expectations and like, like you said, respectfully hearing what they're saying, but kind of leading them down the wrong path is, is obviously important for, for NROC. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we try to manage that, et cetera. And so like one of the things that that we try to do is, you know, one of the harder parts for us being an experiment agency is, okay, you got to win, right? Like even just a couple hours ago, I was presenting to a client. We had a couple nice wins on tests that we'd done last week. We're reporting that out. We've achieved statistical significance. And I kind of knew the question was coming. So we had to prepare for the client's like, okay, so these numbers look great. I see greens everywhere, but like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Like what it like in terms of dollar and cents, like, are mm-hmm. you making us more money? If so, how much, how confident are you in that? Mm-hmm. So what we did is we started building in like per session value increases. And then we created a formula on how that translates literally into monthly revenue using a very conservative estimate. So I could le- legitimately tell them like, okay, this is the new top line revenue from this one experiment you are getting. And again, this is using projected numbers. Yeah. Um, and then this is what that means from a gross margin contribution standpoint after your COGS. This is what it means for a return on investment with our fee, et cetera. And that's just one test. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to, to help. So like, that's what I use a lot yeah. to help manage the expectation because I've had a few clients where we had like months of wins. And at the end, you could tell the client was like, I don't know what I'm getting. And we we're like, we, we, we've been killing it. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I realized that was our fault because we didn't provide enough specificity okay. around just being like, okay, you're, you're talking about statsig and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of the clients are not, you know, it's like, that's not their thing. Like they've yeah. got a million other things to work on. So it's like, are you making me more money or not? And yeah. so sometimes you have to really just, you know, buckle down to the basics on that. Yeah. And super important too, for someone to hear, you know, like you can, you can show them you're doing great things, but what they need to, what they need to see is that ROI. Yeah, of course. I mean, like everyone else, right? And so just, you know, in, in, if I were to advise, I, I have a few other agencies that aren't, you know, CRO agencies, they're email marketing agencies or what have you. It's like, you got you to gotta really talk about the data. You really have to get into empirical explanation on it. And then you've got to sell the ROI, right? Yeah. Um, and frankly, it's okay to have misses. It's okay to have, you know, things that's like, hey, we thought this automation or this ad set or this test was going to go really well. It didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we're going to iterate and try a new one. And that's our job and try to pivot quickly. So yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So we've got say we've got someone listening who wants to start, you know, working with NROC and working with you, how would they go about finding you and kind of talk to me a little about what the onboarding process looks like? Yeah, of course. So uh, one thing I should say is anyone who's who inquires here, I'm more than happy to do a complimentary audit for them. So anyone who who, who comes through the, um, you know, basically the podcast, I'm happy to 
uh, with just the read-only Google Analytics access, I'll do about a 20, 25-page report for them. So at minimum, they'll have a highly directional, very informative document to say, here are metrics that are struggling, here are opportunistic metrics, here are the ones that are on fire, and then I'll give them some real ideation that we've tested on other brands that could work well. So yeah. it's it's kind of a, a no-brainer for them, to be honest. And then yeah. th the most important thing is that usually allows me to show a little value up front, show them, you know, I know what I'm talking about, I actually have identified some metrics in their brand, what we can do. Um, and that's what I do with most, honestly, clients to, to show them, again, that, um, you know, we could provide some value. So in terms of that, uh, anyone could go to our website. It's just endrock.software. That's it, simple endrock.software. And then at the bottom, you can submit a, a form there um, or frankly, even just shoot me an email directly at ned at endrock.software. That's great. That's great. So Ned, as we as we wrap up, if you wanted to leave our listeners with one piece of information, you know, either either about NROC growth and analytics, about consumer analytics, about growth experience, uh, experiment experiments, what would you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I mean, is uh, besides working with us is uh, get your team into a spirit of uh, experimentation. That's number one. Uh, number two is every day, ever or at least every Monday, talk with your team and say, what's the metric that matters? Mm -hmm. I've, I see so many brands, and I, I've got some very like household name brands, some very, very big brands, especially on the fashion front, who have a, have a trouble doing this from time to time, right? Because they're talking about all the new styles that are coming out this and that. And it's like, everybody just stop, pause. Yep. What's the metric that matters? And look at it. It's like, well, our AOV is outstanding. Our UPT units per transaction is better than industry average. Mm -hmm. Our conversion rates have done nothing but improve the last three months. But our repeat rate is 50% of where it should be. It's like, okay, that's what we're talking about this week yeah. is repeat rate, right? And get everybody involved. And then with that, I would say the next step to that is ideation is unbridled absolutely unbridled, accept everyone's ideas. Doesn't mean you test everybody's ideas, but get everybody's idea. Hey team, we need to improve the, the repeat rate by 50%. Get your teams buy-in, get the boards buy-in, get clients or uh, vendors buy-in, get uh, customers, get strangers buying, whoever, everybody. And then you'll be surprised sometimes where the best ideas come from. That's fantastic. That's really great advice too. And it, it shows that, you know, you obviously listen to your, your, clients, you listen to your employees, and it shows just like your leadership style of how collaborative, you know, uh, NROC is able to be and like how you've been able to grow and scale the business from going from, you know, you running it six years ago to four years, really, you guys taking off, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. great. That's great. Well, Ned, I really appreciate you taking the time to really break down, you know, consumer analytics and, uh, you know, growth experiments with me. I, I learned a lot to, to tell you the truth. Uh, and I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.